Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. We just finished a, new, uh, a series, and we are starting a new series about faith. Crucial conversations on faith. Crucial conversations on faith. And we are saying there is a better way to spell impossible. There's a better way to spell impossible. Sometimes in life, we come against what seems like impossible situations. But it's always comforting to know that we serve a God who specializes in the impossible. When it's not possible with you, when it's not possible with anyone, it's still possible with God. And that's what's exciting about faith. And we are going to be looking at about four different aspects that help us actualize or walk by faith until we see uh, the desired result in this next month. So if you have any frenemies, make sure you invite them. Say, hey, don't want you to miss out on this. Let's enjoy this together. Now, I'll tell you a story. Uh, in 1996, that's 96, not 86. Okay, some of you, when you hear six, the figure that comes before is all this talk. In 1996, I, I, I was in senior six. I was, <laughs> I was in CR6 in 1996. Some of you are not yet born. I'm still young though. And I faced an, a seemingly impossible situation. I was getting ready for my exams and then uh, my, my mom died. Just two weeks to exams. Those days we used to call it Kantab. What do they call it nowadays? It has not changed. People have failed to innovate what to call final exams. It's still Kantab. Anyway, two weeks to Kantab, my mom passed. What made it worse is that I wasn't doing well at school. Previously, I had been a good, bright student. Previously. Like primary school, I did well. Oliver, I did okay. Like, I wasn't too bad, except for chemistry, you know. But I wasn't too bad. And then I went to high school, HSC, this combination stuff was not going well. Math was taking me to the cleaners. And then I applied for a course where you had to get an A in math to get that course on government sponsorship. And uh, that was architecture. And for me, my only hope was government sponsorship. Because anyway, my mom could not even, you know, the school fees in secondary school was not happening. We used to pay potatoes, beans, and those things. There was no way I could take potatoes to market it. So I had to get government sponsorship. But things were going real bad. So, did mocks. Math O. The one you're supposed to get A, O. And that O was not like a surprise. It was like, oh, how did I get an O? No, 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 no. You know, like when you see it coming, like it's coming, duh, there it is. 
<laughs> so, uh, but anyway, I went ahead and applied for architecture. Now, the kids in our class were not so kind. They had divided up the class into sectors. They're like, this group going to Makerere. This other group, no. Back then, you either went to Makerere or Nazi. Like everything else was like second country. There were only three universities Makerere, Mbarara, and Islamic University in Mbarara. <laughs> so, so, if you didn't get Makerere, all the other places you were going to do diplomas, not degrees. So, like Makerere, uh, UC Sinakawa, Moms was called UC Sinakawa back then, so Moms was Be humble. Jambo was offering teacher education at the time and also technical institute and I don't know whatever else. So, and, and all those others out there. And I was not placed in the Makerere sector by whoever was deciding who belonged where for good reason. They knew my marks. Anyway, so there I was. That's what now you've read the situation. Impossible, seemingly impossible situation, which was made worse by my man's what? Dying. So now, not only did I have an academic and mental challenge, I had an emotional one as well. So I went home crying properly, came back, tried to catch up, and did the exam. And then on the final day, general paper, my sister had come for me, and she was waiting for me, so I finished the exam. I went to the chapel. At the chapel, we had a basement which we used to for prayer. It was necessary that it is a basement because we are not lighting candles in our prayer time. <clears throat> you know, I'm looking at you, and some of you, the, the, some of my communication takes long to hit home. But let me wait. Okay. <laughs> now that's all like we are there. What calling on the, you know the Lord who. We were those people who prayed like that. Like, it needed to be in a basement to contain the sound <laughs> and all the other chaos that happened. So I went to pick my jacket because I left it there. We used to go early morning, do some prayer before exam. So I went to pick my jacket. I, I was literally running. Like, went, got to where I left it on the hook, picked it, and was running out of the door to go meet my sister, when God spoke to me so strongly, it was almost a physical yanking back into the room. I was almost thrown back into the room and said, give thanks. So I stopped, and gave thanks, and then walked out slowly. I said, what was that? It was like a real spiritual moment. So I went home, vacation, uh, did vacation stuff, playing football, whatever. And then one night, and this was in the village, okay? When I say went home, don't be placing me somewhere near Pololo. No, please take me properly in the village, yeah? Uh, no electricity. So one day I'm listening to the radio, which uses. Exactly, uh, tiger. Tiger head, tiger head. I'm listening to the radio and I hear my name on the radio. And being the fourth best student in the country. I 
I hope you plug it for Jesus. Because this one here had nothing to do with that result. I can guarantee you. I knew exactly the kind of result I deserved. And I knew that what I was getting was not anything close to what I deserved. That was a turning point in my work of faith because now, you see, they say man with experience is never at the mercy of the man with the theory. People can talk about God all they want, in whichever way they want, wherever, but I know that I know that I know that God loves me and He does stuff for me that I do not deserve. Changed my life. Still does. In fact, the next day I went and bought the newspaper where my name was and folded it up and put it in my wallet, and I still have it in my wallet even now. Even right now. I can't show it to you because it's in pieces. It's like uh, one of those precious, you know, the thing that needs restoration. I show you. Blessed are those. You'll see why I don't. I can always get it. So. You can't hit the one. You think it can be restored? It's. Uh, in, the, in the presence of many witnesses. I've got it over a very important document to believe. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So I always move with that so that I never forget what God does, His love for me, because I'm telling you, I wouldn't be here if that miracle had happened to me. I wouldn't be here. I will not have come to Kampala. <laughs> and uh, so I walked into my class, the first day of class. class, there were about 18 students. And about four or five of those are really the top 10. When you get into a space and they're like, how did I get here? You can only ascribe it to Jesus. Amen. So there is a better way to spell impossible. I also know that if I had gone back into that room to give thanks, I think it would have been a different result. Yeah, I, I had to respond to that almost physical force to go back and do thanks. The word of God is the most valuable treasure in your life Anything good that has ever happened, is happening or will ever happen, is because of a word from God. There's a story in Acts chapter 14, which captures the four areas of essence that we are going to be looking at in the next four weeks as we examine faith. Let's read it together. It says, And in Lystra, or Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man had Paul speaking. 
Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, saying with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet, and he leaped and walked. Wow. Like, I don't know whether you're one of those people, like me, who you read stuff in the Bible, and you're like, you're seeing it happen, and, and you actually believe it still happens, right? Yeah, I especially like, like the Old Testament, because New Testament stories are really good. Like the miracles in the New Testament are sort of possible. The Old Testament ones. What's this? <laughs> this guy is. So, uh, that's why I like both the New and Old Testament. But you see in this story a situation. And with faith, when it comes to faith, we always start with seemingly impossible situations. Adomak says, every dead fish swims downstream. Every dead fish can swim downstream. Like, as long as you're operating with the forces of nature and what God has already provided, you just have to play dead and you'll move in the right direction. If you're going downstream, you don't know if what is needed. And sometimes, when we talk about faith, faith is one of those things that I... It's... Uh, I'm looking for the right ones. We get excited about faith, but we really probably shouldn't be. <laughs> you get what I mean? Because faith, you know, like, when the kids are behaving well, your husband is behaving well, the promotions are coming in too much, you can hardly handle, the clients are overwhelming you with uh, orders and payments, you know. <laughs> you can have lots of orders and few payments. I get what I mean. Uh, the doctor's report is. Good, every time you go for a checkup, they're like, ooh, ooh, you have the body of a 25 year old. Just go keep hitting that book. Uh, <laughs> what else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said yes. She said yes. She said yes. You know, so over Facebook, showing the blink. Uh, he sent flowers. What else? Give me, give me some more. It's a conversation. Children are doing well. They are, they are not, you know, doing stuff out of the established boundaries. They are getting good grades. Yeah, you're not having those meetings of Banage. Eh? Is this ever misspelled? <laughs> Church is growing. Ministry is going well. People are being healed. Parents are okay. Yeah, you're not shattering to the village the whole time, but uh, you know what I'm saying? Like when it's all going well, it's easy to come here, lift up your hands during the worship and just thank God and say, I can that. But it's not always like that. In fact, most times it's not like that. <laughs> Like real faith is when, like, 
lot. Like, is this what I signed up for? <laughs> That's when real faith kicks in. When you're looking at impossible situations, bad report from the doctor, like bad, bad, there's bad, then there's bad, bad. Bad, bad report from the doctor, the spouse is not talking. When they talk, it's in question format. Have you been in that relationship where people only converse in question? They told you. My phone. They just said to phone. And they have gone. Every response is a question that moves people farther from each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, you look at the results and they are not good. And you still have, and you still have to give them the same in First Thessalonians that give in all things. In all things, give thanks for this is the will of God concerning you. And you still show up here. And you still give them, and you still serve on the team, and you still sing, and you still lead worship, and you still smile at the back, and you still lead the missional community, and you still go to the frontier, and you still give thanks, and you still go for those family meetings. You know what I'm saying? It always seems to start with impossibility. A certain man without strength in his feet was sitting a cripple from his mother's womb. Who had never like wow. I'm telling you. But it starts like that, and then the next step is the hearing of faith. The Bible says the man had Paul speaking. <laughs> You're sitting in the impossible situation is just waiting for God to come and say something. In fact, for some people who are here this afternoon, may not be for everyone, but for you, I'm going to say something which may not even be related to the message. And that's the thing. I'm telling you, I've been in meetings where the guy or the lady just says, he's maybe telling the story, and then they say one thing, and in my spirit I know and I go with it and I go with it and I walk it and I speak it and several months later several years later sometimes I'm seeing the fruit he had Paul speaking, the hearing of faith and he says, and Paul seeing that he had faith to be healed, Paul, can you imagine Paul is speaking, he's preaching and everyone is okay except Paul He's seeing that this guy has faith to be healed. And if this guy, where did he start to get his faith to be healed? From the word, the word that was being what? Spoken. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, it, it, sometimes it's different if it's a restoration miracle. Yeah? Like, it, things used to be okay, you made a bad decision, the economy, whatever, or whoever things went down, and now you're in recovery. Sometimes it can be like that. You had money misinvested, now you're getting it back. Marriage was good, one couple of decisions, but now you're seeing the counselor. But you're on your way back. 
was going to too much calorie. Uh, doctor advised, now you are hitting the gym and on your way. But, you know, it can be one of those. But this guy, it wasn't even a restore, it wasn't on their way back anyway. They were born like that. In other this is going to be purely creative. Like, you know when a person, you know when life has reached in a certain way that you are not allowed to think certain thoughts? Like, for you, there are people who are allowed to think those things, and then for you, you already agree with yourself that it's your job. Sit to. And then as God starts to speak, you start entertaining thoughts that you're not allowed to be entertaining. <laughs> like, no, 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 that's for your neighbor. No, 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 that's for Jeremy, that's for Chris, that's for you, your people, your, your case is different. When Christ is preached, your case is the one. It's the one. That, that's the one is interested in. Because this guy, I, I don't know, you know, I read the Bible funny, so sometimes it disturbs me. Things that disturb me don't disturb other people when they read the text. But like this guy, by now he should be used to operate in his crippled state. He should be comfortable. He should have learned how to learn to be like that, yeah? Like, who is starting to disrupt his mind to create these expectations and hopes that cannot be met? You know, most of us don't walk by faith because we are managing expectations. We don't, we, we, are, we are saving God from the embarrassment of his failure to perform it. <laughs> uh, I'll move on. So, Paul, Paul knew that this guy was thinking the unthinkable. And so, he joined his faith with his and he spoke. That's going to be the next speaking of faith. How many of us are believing for one thing and saying exactly something else? You know, when you act don't match your belief, you're not going to get there. I'll let the preacher who will handle that stand and deal with that. Let me move on. And then the action of faith, a man jumped up and walked. In this few minutes, I'm going to talk about the hearing of faith. I started with this, and now I want us to confess it together. In fact, tell it to your neighbor since it's addressing someone else. The word of God is the most valuable treasure in your life. Anything good that has ever happened is happening. What will ever happen is because of a word from him. Now this guy here is Paul speaking. Think about it. This guy could have stayed home that day. There is a guy called Paul. He's coming to town. Me and my people. Now he's going to public places. And then I see me come to God. If it should be about a man, they don't have bathrooms there. I will get there. I need to go to the toilets. Then they don't have uh, uh, toilets for. Uh, Handcuffed, uh, designed, architects did effect job, architects please. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I won't go. And guess what happened? He 
Israel's cross on like there was never the opportunity for complete change in destiny because he missed the one. How many times? How many times have you? How many times have I missed the opportunity because I was not there to hear it? Maybe I was there, but I was too distracted with much serving like Martha. Maybe I was there. I remember, I won't say which church, but I remember that one of the churches I went to and I was on the worship team. It was hard work because we did three services every morning and then I had to go back and do a youth service in the afternoon, evening. Then go back and do a fellowship later on in the evening. So like five times I was in church, five services a Sunday. If you ask me anything that was ever preached in that whole season, I know nothing. I missed everything that God had to say to me in that season because I was busy serving. We were so tired, you, we would just, as soon as the preacher comes on, we would go to the canteen of the neighboring church and have some stones to recover our energy. And just when they are about to start communion, we run back and start. So I know what it means to be too close to the fire and never touch it. Maybe you had it and forgot. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> especially today, there is a certain way in which we relate with God. Eh? Where we're like, God wants it for me. He will find me and bring it to me. So now we are now dictating how God should speak to us, when, by whom. You know, anytime when you are now instructing God, you are now God. Yeah. That's the way. Now you are not telling God what to do. That when any day you find yourself telling God what to do, just know you have taken over. You are now God. Now, here is the truth. That will never happen. So when God says, go back in the room and give that. St. Francis for the first for the seven o'clock service. I haven't bathed. I haven't finished my sermon. St. Francis at the time I was the chief rebel. I was that person who took people out of church to go and start this other church called what? Worship Harvest. I was persona non grata. You know, like when you know you are not wanted in a space. No one is expecting you. When you show up, it is awkward. People don't know how to talk to you. In fact, those who know how the politics work, avoid you. are, what about you? Toxic. The word was clear. Get up. So I did one of my big showers. I will not tell you how they work, but <laughs> I get clean. 
and then one of my pictures jumped into my top Nissan Prezi. I had the car those days, the Jeremy. Is that who knows about it? We survived many accidents. We used to drive quick, quicker than nowadays. <laughs> and by seven, I was on the front seat, Saint Francis, ready for the service. Of course, it's awkward. Rainbow is here. What's going on? So service starts. Stuff is going well. Uh, for those who are not familiar with the story. The Lord spoke to us to start this church. We did not care to first get into agreement with the people who were over us spiritually. We said, okay, if we have disagreed, we have disagreed for us with God. So while I'm there, Uncle Ben gets up to preach. The first thing he did was call me to the front. He blessed me and released me. That changed everything. I'm pretty sure that if that hadn't happened, probably we wouldn't be here. So, if you're one of those who is like, ah, my friend, <laughs> hey, he brought you the word, he abusans it. He wants it for you. Just get up. Go when he says go, go when he says talk to this person, whether you like the person, whether you like talking to the person or not, talk to the person. The word of God is precious. Faith comes by and hearing by the word of God. Now, I want us to quickly talk about this whole idea of faith and the word. So Faith is our positive response to what God has already done by grace. Faith doesn't produce anything. Grace is what produces everything. Faith simply receives what grace has given. But the point is, even the faith to receive is from the giver. Because without the word, without God saying, do this, you, you can't do anything. You're just having New Year's resolutions. So we cannot even start to talk about faith without a word from God. Faith begins with God. If God says nothing, you have nothing to work with. Let's look at this story. He says, what then shall we say that Abraham, our father, has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was just tried by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, here's the thing. There are 4 billion people on the planet right now, different religions, who call Abraham their father of faith. Christians, Muslims, and, and Jews. 4 billion. So whenever Abraham, that's some legacy. That's some legacy, yeah? So wherever Abraham is right now, when they're having their malwa, he can sit around and say, boys, we walked to that place. Four billion people called me their father of faith. Oh my God! In paradise, you know. Jesus said that story, Abraham is in paradise. And some of you are looking at me like, where is that in the Bible? Malua? Please, just take it as it is for now. Okay? It's, it's, it's war. <laughs> so, so, Abraham in the flesh. You know some of us have done a little thing like this. You do something small, 
your head grows so big it can't go through the door. They have to break the walls for you to pass. Not many noble, not many 
that God has chosen the foolish things of this world, the possessed of this world, to confound the ones. The best things to confound is In God's word, when he chooses you and speaks, he says, you are the one. Did you know that David wasn't God's first choice to lead Israel? I'm currently reading that part of the Bible. It's interesting. Saul was first choice. First choice was Saul. Head and shoulders above the rest. It was Saul who had the charisma, physique, and everything to match those giants. Among the Israelites, he was the one who came closest to Goliath in terms of which there was going to be a real fight. Not David. David was spare, spare, that yellow thing. That's David. Now I know what God uses with the spare time. Now I know what God uses with the spare time. The more qualified people didn't show up. They were too busy. Take a couple. You people, Abraham cannot, he cannot boast. Why? It's all about God. If God had never chosen him, look at Paul, and we're not even going here. Paul is here saying, I'm the least of the apostles, I was a murderer, I tried to kill the church, but by the grace of God. You know why Paul cannot boast? Paul was destroying the church until Christ found him and pulled him off that post. Boom! Wrote to Damascus. So he writes, hey man, 14 years ago, went to the third heavens, went to paradise, so things that cannot be spoken. He can't even talk in first person terms because he knows where all these revelations you've got, you could still be killing the Christians. <coughs> Let me finish with this one. There was this guy. Are you still okay? You're still fine? Okay. So there was this guy. There was a place in Jerusalem called Bethesda. There was a pool. And the Bible says there were five watches. In this lake, a great multitude of what? Sick people. <laughs> Multitude, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. Because an angel went down and moved the water once in a while, and whoever jumped in first got healed. Are you seeing the scenario? No. Even among those people who are bad enough, there was a special guy who was badly off among the badly off. Because this guy had been there 38 years. 38. <laughs> so I want you to first see this guy and this situation. The government, you innovate. If you have you get some drive, some initiative, you see, Usually the guys from the other corner get in first. Let me start making my way to that 
corner. Let me compel someone to pull my mat there. Be the closer. Maybe by December I will be closed. It's now May, but if as people keep getting healed, the room will be created. By December, maybe in two years' time. I remember when my dad died. 
That's your thing. People are not even allowed to talk to you properly, objectively, because they, they, they have to be putting in consideration your pain. Every conversation has to be sifted through the sieve of your pain. Even if that pain was inflicted on you 38 years ago, when people talk to you, they have to be careful. They have to be careful. You are an emotional narcotic. Now he did it. Now that man, I'm 
I paid off for several months, one by one. Where is your investment? Only some books, some people, everything. But you can tell, do you, do you have a, 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 a soft copy? Do you have a soft copy opinion? Soft copy. We cannot, like, you have to create the noise for that stuff to come about. You need some silence and solitude for God's picture to come clear. Amen. Thanks so much for receiving this one today. Amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.